Welcome to the podcast, Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where I connect authors with their readers. We also talk all about the author's inspiration, their journey to publication, and the authors will educate me and you, the listener, all about the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter, also known as the Author's Librarian. Hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And today I have the honor of introducing you to Stephanie Fields. So Stephanie, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on, Stephanie. Um, before we started to hit record, everyone, I was apologizing. So I, I'm always happy to admit mistakes when they happen. This podcasting world is so interesting. So um, Stephanie and I did a recording a while ago for this episode and we didn't get it didn't record to my cloud so that was a bummer so we're here doing it again all right <laughs> i love it oh so thank you stephanie for doing it again with me so of course of course i'm happy to talk to you again so let's get started with introducing yourself a little bit to my listeners starting out with what region in the pacific northwest do you live in yeah i live in bellingham washington which is up in the be corner there about an hour away from canada i was living in canada for about 10 years and then just moved back right before the pandemic started so um it's been a bit difficult acclimating back with everything closed and everyone isolating but um slowly but surely you know we're coming back out of our houses and yeah. whatever the state was we were in for two years right <laughs> exactly that's all a blur now and my sense of time is all messed up now and oh, like, how long ago something was i'm like well i think it was a year no three i don't know it's just yeah i do feel like most of us will just erase that two years off of our whole brains this too much happened <laughs> yes exactly it was a lot <laughs> it's good. well i am glad you're here in washington one of my favorite states i i was just thinking about how much i love the pacific northwest i probably say it a hundred times on this podcast but i love washington in Oregon and Idaho and the whole region. And, and um, so I'm glad you're here with us. So tell us a little bit about your background. And then we're going to talk about your books because your books are so beautiful and unique. And I want to make sure we spend a lot of time about the inspiration behind them. But what is your background? Wonderful. Yeah. So I actually got my hypnotherapy degree here in Bellingham, Washington. Um, Jamie Engholm was my teacher there. And she was just phenomenal. She's my still my all-time favorite teacher of all teachers. And through that education, I learned about the power of our thoughts and positive words, positive thinking. And it kind of just sparked one time that I was like, oh, I wonder if I could utilize this in a children's book in some way, especially when there's that, that really cool window right before you fall asleep where you're open to, to suggestion when your subconscious is available. So most people read kid um books to their kids when they're about to go to sleep so it's like oh why not infuse that time with really positive words really positive messages and just nourish that right before they go into dreamland so that's kind of where the books ended up coming from i don't have any kids myself but i do have a niece and she was little at the time when i wrote these and i always thought you know writing a children's book was something i always wanted to do but i felt like intimidated by it i thought oh i don't have a degree in children's literature or who am <laughs> i to what am i to say and share with the world you know and yeah. i certainly don't think we need any more abc one two three books so i was oh. like well, what's, what is worthy of a child's time that i can put out there and um yeah my, my niece and i were reading a book together and it was just it just wasn't great you know and even yeah. when she was so little at the time we finished the book and she goes, well, that was dumb. And I thought, oh my goodness, like, even she picked up on it. It wasn't really a great read. And I thought, well, the only difference between this author and me is 
they did it and I didn't. You know, if this is a hardcover, nicely made book, then certainly I can do at least this good. So yeah, that just kind of shook off my fears that I had. And I just plunged right in and just learned as I went, as I'm sure you've done with your podcasting. Oh, goodness, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What an opportunity for growth and expansion, you know, when you just dive into something you don't really know about. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. It is the most exciting ride to do something creative like that, to dive in and not know. But there's moments of bumps and bruises and frustration. So, yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, so tell us what the themes of your books are, because I, that's the part that I absolutely love with the idea of reading to children before they're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, in our society today, so many children, not all of them are going to get read to when they're going to sleep or before they go to sleep. They might be in front of a computer or TV or a phone. And, mm-hmm. you know, that can cause, you know, not so great sleep. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about some of the themes that you have. Sure. So the first book I wrote is called Little Willow. So this is just a poem about why weeping willows weep. And this really started as a poem. I'd just written the first line of why do you weep, little willow? Why do you weep? And then I just kind of turned it into a little story. And it's very simple, but it's about honoring your emotions and that it's perfectly okay to cry when you're frustrated, when you're sad, when you're really happy and excited. Like there's so many reasons we have to shed a few tears in this life. And it's just about embracing that, that it's perfectly okay to do so. And it's important to be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good message. Good message. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one, you're not supposed to pick favorites, but this is my favorite. Oh. So uh, this book is called Your Beautiful When. And this is just a book of positive affirmations about beauty from the inside out, about, you know, you're beautiful when you're learning, you're beautiful when you're trying, you're beautiful when you're singing, when you're dancing. And, and that beauty is based on, real beauty is based on who you are and how you present yourself in this world so much more so than how you look like looks is so secondary, even though that's what's prominently put in our face, you know, especially in this culture that we're in. But I just want to just kind of go back to the roots of, well, real authentic beauty has so much more to do with your character, with your heart, with your thoughtfulness, your kindness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the repetitive nature of the book too, this one has a lot of my hypnotherapy in it where, you know, you're going to plant those seeds and you just keep watering them with the same message over and over. And it just Mm -hmm. kind of comes a habit. And I noticed when I was working on this book that I was just seeing beauty in places I wasn't normally tuning into, you know, I'd see my friend laughing and I'm like, you're beautiful when you're laughing. Or I'd see someone gardening, you're beautiful when you're amongst the flowers. Like it just opens your eyes to beauty that is so often overlooked. And uh, thirdly is sometimes this is my quote, Debbie Downer book. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, it's just about this little artist mannequin that just has just one bad thing happen after the other. And my friend said, you know, well, it's just like bad, 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 bad. And finally at the end, you know, things get good. And I was like, well, yeah, because that's life sometimes. Not every bad day is going to be immediately balanced out with a good one. It's like sometimes these bad weeks, months, I mean, look at 2020 for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's just about getting through tough times and knowing that times are temporary and there's always going to be other times, even if it feels like this is forever, like Mm -hmm. there, there are better things coming around the corner. And then my last book so far, I, I have other ideas, but this is the last one that's in the world right now. And it's called The Greatest Treasure. And this is the one that's the most traditional story of a children's book. The other ones are written like 
you know, with affirmations and they're not kind of that classic kids book style, but the greatest treasure is. And I thought it was really fun to write that one because it's an exciting story about this baby sea otter and he loses a precious family heirloom. And, and what's he going to do? Is he going to tell his mom? Is she going to be mad? And, and his very wise mother, you know, teaches to him that, you know, what matters most in life is the relationships that we have and the time we spend together and things are just things. So um, that one was really fun because I was like, this is a real page turner. (laughs) (laughs) And that one's super fun to read too. When I would visit elementary schools, it was always fun to just read the story and get really animated with it and see their eyes light up. And it was just a really good time. Oh, that's so fantastic. Well, Stephanie, I wish everybody could see as so you guys, I record when I do my recordings, we you only hear the audio, but I actually go on camera with many of the authors. And Stephanie's so beautiful when she shows these books and a beautiful person, but also um the books are gorgeous as well. So I really encourage you listeners, you know, when you're not driving or you can get by the computer, shop them, jump on my show notes and make sure you get on Stephanie's website because you will really appreciate the beauty of these books, not just the messaging. The messaging is gorgeous. And um so talk to me a little bit about the artwork, because we talked about that last time. And that was one of my favorite parts of our discussion is that um, the artists that you found to help you with all of these stories. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that because especially you're beautiful when um, Phyllis Howard, we met through, I had a year of no's. I was trying to find an illustrator for this book and because I'd done the first one myself. And then I was like, I really want this one really, really superbly mm-hmm. done. And a year it took for me to finally find the person who was meant to to illustrate this book, Phyllis Howard. I always credit her with this book is beautiful because of her. And I, my original intent was that every page just you could take it out and put it on the wall. It's 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 a piece of art, and she absolutely nailed it. It was a tall order, and this was actually the first book she had illustrated. She's a oh, very that. very yeah, a very, very experienced artist, but she'd never done a children's book. So it was a it was an interesting learning process for both of us, you know, and for me to how to collaborate artistically with someone else. And and in hindsight, I wish I'd just given her more freedom, you know, now <laughs> knowing I could completely trust her to do exactly the right thing. But at any rate, um, I I just have this notion that things don't have to be dumbed down for kids mm-hmm. to appreciate them. You know, they can appreciate a beautiful work of art just as an adult can. And this way, it's enjoyable too for the the grown up that's reading the book with the child, or the maybe the older sibling who's reading it. And I just feel like every page, just the illustrations that she created, so perfectly complement the affirmation that goes with it together. And yeah, and then the greatest treasure. This one was illustrated by Heather Gross, who also lives here in Bellingham. And I met her through someone else. It's just interesting, you know. You try and try and try to make things happen, and then when you just let go. Yes, show up, right? It like, happens, right? Yes. It's in our timing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I didn't even want to write another book at the time. And then this illustrator appeared and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, and this one's just really playful. She has such a, a light like style and she's super talented as well. And, and these books, they just wouldn't, they just couldn't be what they are without the, the con- contributions of these artists. I mean, they blew me away with their their abilities and talents. I, I couldn't possibly imagine them any other way than, than that that made them. 
And that, and that makes such a huge part for when you're reading to children is the graphics and the, the images they're going to be placing in there because words are important. We know that when we're reading to children, but they're going to be drawn to the pictures first. I mean, I'm an adult still drawn to the pictures first. Yeah. <laughs> I am dyslexic, so you know, that fits, right? Oh. <laughs> but, um, so I think it's just wonderful. I, I love going to your website because um, like I told you, I'm going to be purchasing some for, oh, grandkids gifts. They don't listen to my podcast. So <laughs> but um, the two little, they would never listen to my podcast. But um, but I, I just, I think they're the very, very beautiful. And I just really appreciate the messaging um, because I think as a parent, my kids are grown up. I will be a grandmother for the third time in April. So I'm very excited. We have a new grandbaby coming. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. We're just ecstatic. Um, and so I'm hoping to have a set of these at my house to read to this one here and not send them off. But um, the, as a parent, to reinforce those that beautiful aspect of um, our children knowing about who they are and what beauty is really about in our society right now is so huge. Yeah. All this affirmation that you're talking about is so important because our society just bombards our children and us. Yes. <laughs> We're less than what we really should be or what we should believe in ourselves. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, they say every author writes the book they want to read. And that's that's just true. It's a true thing. And I, I go through these books myself when I just need a little pick me up, a little reminder. You know, there's something about seeing it on the page that just makes it seem really legitimate, really factual. This is a true thing. Yes. I'm not the only one who feels this way and I needed this today. And yeah, yeah it's really wonderful. So that's why I say they're like all ages books because I, I yeah. do really feel like grownups will benefit from reading them too. Well, and that's what I think is so wonderful about them is that as a, you know, until your children start reading you to read to your kids. And I love books when I get to read to my soon to be grandchildren that I'll have in my arms then I'm going to benefit from too, or I'm going to enjoy too. And, and so you're doing work on both ends. So I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, so are they self-published? And if not, what was the process for you as far as the publishing journey? Yes, I did self-publish all of them. Um, I had done a bunch of research at the get-go to figure out what's the best way to do this. How can I avoid pitfalls and, you know, well, <laughs> to do, right? Right. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> good thought. <laughs> so um, I self-published them. And, you know, there are pros and cons to both ways. I, I know of people who have a publisher and wish they had self-published because the publisher has so many authors under their belt. They just really can't put in the time and attention that they would like to receive. And mm -hmm. But on the other hand, when you're self-published, it's like all the workload lands in your lap and you got to really hustle and, and do what you can. So, I mean, I, I would love to... This, to sit here and say that I'm a New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> this is what you got to do. And here's the steps. But right yeah. now, not <laughs> quite there yet. <laughs> uh, Someday. Yes, yes. And I just keep, you know, anyone who wants to write a book, I always tell them, you know, just have a message you want to get out into the world. And if one person reads your book, then it was worth it. You know, mm -hmm. like it's it's not a numbers game as far mm -hmm. as the purpose of of putting that creative work out there. And this is something I tell people and something I need to remind myself because, you know, I, I feel sometimes like a failure because, you know, I haven't sold as many copies as I would like, or, you know, I haven't just sat back and watched the sales fly off the shelves on Amazon, you know, but that's okay. You know, I, I it's just so important to do it. You know, anyone who's brave enough to do it and has the gumption to see it through to the end, you know, sometimes 
things seem really simple and they're not like a child. Oh, yes. Seems simple. Oh, sure. Right. Until you yeah. do one. And then yeah. you're like, what was that? That was yeah. six months of my life. I don't even know how I got here. Exactly. And I've got this skinny little paperback to show for it. It's like, <laughs> exactly. what? no one would possibly know how many hours and tears yeah. and all oh, those tears stuff. and frustration and, yes. and worry, the worry aspect of it. I don't think readers that are writers or haven't gone through this process or haven't heard about this from the writer's perspective, there's so much worry that you put into this creative energy too of like, mm-hmm. is anybody going to read it? And if they do read it, what are they going to say? And what if there's negative comments, you know, about it? And how do you deal with all that? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's why it's such an act of bravery, I feel, when anyone actually puts their work out there in the world to just exposes that little part of themselves, you know, and, and yeah, it's a vulnerable thing because people could judge you. People could say it's not good. People could make fun, whatever. And it's like, well, just let people think they're going to think anyway. So yeah. they're going to have their opinions and everybody gets to have one. Doesn't mean I want to agree with it or hear it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, exactly. I get it. <laughs> and just trust that your books will land where they're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. They will. Yeah. Some people who it wasn't a good fit for them. Oh, well, you know, it's going to find its way to the right person that needed to, to read what you said. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's such, such great, great insight and advice. And for any of us, you know, cause um, a lot of my listeners are people that are just going on the journey or starting on their journey. And they're new in the journey of publishing. And they, you know, if they self-publish, there's just so much, um, there's excitement to it. So yeah. people don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a super exciting process to go through. Yeah. Um, but it's also can be nerve wracking. And when you do get your first negative comment for whatever you do, if it's mm-hmm. whatever, that's where it stinks. And we have to remind ourselves we're human. I just went through this. Um, so I put some stuff, anytime you put yourself out there into the world, you expose yourself to the opportunity of somebody to make comments. And this year for me has been out into the world, which has been great. And I've loved it um, as a writer and podcasting and everything. But I did get one negative saying that kind of threw me off quite a bit. And and I ha- it took me two or three days to come to a resolution of if I was going to respond or not. Because you can respond to them or you cannot, you know, you can yeah. choose to just internalize it and just do whatever, thank you or not. And I really feel like I needed to, and I did, and I crafted this, you know, nice email and said, thank you. I will always be the first to admit that I'll make mistakes. So I appreciate <laughs> bringing that up. And then I, I told my husband, I, I did that because you didn't have to respond. I go, but for me, I had to, wow. it was important for me to know that I can come to a peaceful resolution if somebody gives me feedback that I don't, I think was kind of nasty behind it. It might be accurate, but you could feel the motivation behind it. So, um, but so all of that to say, when you put yourself out in the universe, it's really scary. <laughs> it is, it is. And thank goodness there's all this excitement that you have too to yeah. counteract that because that- Plenty of reasons not to do it. Yeah, yeah. Tons. But when you get your first proof copy in your hands and you see a book that was in your mind in your hands and you turn the pages, it's priceless. It is amazing. It's amazing. Everything. That's why we keep doing it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so you have how many titles again? Because I didn't catch them uh, to get a count while you were telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have four. Four. So you've done this four times. Yeah. And you said you have some more floating around for you. So what do you see in this next year? So are you going to be putting out a couple more, one more? Do you, what are you working on? 
Yeah. So they're kind of just marinating in my mind right now. I've jotted some notes down in my phone and, you know, they just kind of sit there because I don't feel like the ending is quite there yet. Or, you know, is this, do I really want to repeat this whole process again right now with things going on? Because it is really time consuming though. The nice thing is once you get your first one done, I mean, at least then you understand the lingo and you know about margins and bleeds and work and all that. <laughs> and then, and you know how to, you know, upload and the, da, da, da. so it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do one, you might as well keep going because exactly you know, look at all this energy to learning it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like, okay, at least I'm not starting from square one. So, you know, I've got my formatted template. I just got to, you know, change the pictures and the words and away I go, but it's just a matter of, you know, Again, making sure that it's worthy of a child's time, worthy of the grown-up's time, and just, I I don't like to half-ass things, you know, if I'm going to yeah. do it, it's going to be done well and properly and to my standards. So, um, but the main one, though, in my mind right now is good night gratitude, which is just a practice of um, body thanks before you go to oh, bed. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my um, self-esteem practices. So, And it's just about positive body image and thanking our bodies for their functionality, for their purpose, and, you know, nothing to do with looks. And Mm -hmm. so you just, and you can do this with your child or do it on your own as a grown-up. I do it myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you just put your, place your hands gently on your head and say, you know, thank you, head. Place your hands on your ears and thank you, ears. Place them on your eyes and thank you, eyes and thank you, mouth. And you just work your way down your body and you do it nice and slow. And it's very calming and relaxing. And this is another hypnotherapy technique, which I would do for the client. I would just do a guided um, relaxation for them. So this is a way to do it yourself. And also just putting your hands on these body parts. Thank you, hands and thank you, legs. And, you know, it just makes you remember like my body is functioning and it's healthy and it's mobile and it can do all these things, you know. And it's so much more than what I see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just a really important practice, especially if you have young girls and you get them into this mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. because it can really help create a, a strong foundation for when, as they get older and they, you know, face this world of yes. <laughs> of social media and that's oh, all I have to say to them. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know it's just I actually have some stats here that I that I got that uh one in seven girls are unhappy with their looks by the end of elementary school. That's so young. Right? That is I'm so like, young. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean when I was little I was just playing and I, I didn't mm-hmm. even consider what I looked like. And now one in seven and then by the age of 14, it's one in three girls oh. that are unhappy with their looks. And by also by 13, 80% of girls have applied a filter or used an app to change their appearance in photos. So it's just, we're in this selfie culture and we're in, and we're just mm-hmm. bombarded with the images. And even mm-hmm. as a grown up, like I know better, I know these are yeah. photoshopped and that's not real, whatever, but it's still, it gets to you, you know? What? Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. I get it. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I'm just like, gosh, like what tools can we provide? How can we kind of build ourselves up against all of this? Cause the world doesn't benefit from girls feeling crappy about themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they do sell a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, you know. so what's interesting, my youngest daughter, she's in her late 20s. So her and I just had this conversation this 
two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, because she she went off of Instagram finally. And okay. um, I was asking her why she went off of Instagram because I wanted to kind of know what her thought process was. Now, this is not to judge anybody else. It's not, I'm on Instagram. It's not yeah. that. But for her, mm-hmm. she was starting to feel really cruddy about herself. Yeah. And she's starting to realize that it was uh, trying to seek attention and developing um, a persona of herself that was very curated. And mm-hmm. it didn't make her feel good when she wasn't on Instagram. So everything that she was doing was to place that in that social media space. And mm-hmm. she realized she needed to stop and reevaluate who she is and what she's about. And we were, she was even talking about how she needs to um, do some work where she's giving back to people because she needs to remember how, you know, what she's been given in her life. And I thought that was a really mature, awesome thing, not just because she's my daughter, but because being a a woman that grew up, because she is a young woman growing up with this social culture, yeah. cut her teeth on the keyboard. She sat on my lap and she had the internet in front of her face her whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful to see that some people are coming to that resolution that the social media isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be in it. There are plenty of studies that are coming out now about the psychosis that is happening to our children um, because of the the um, curated versions of the world. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. My favorite one, there's some, you know, really positive, beautiful meme about being yourself and embracing your flaws. And then the picture is like, so a thousand percent Photoshop. I'm like, I know. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's so funny. I know. Yeah. I remember I went through a stage of living my best life. That was my big thing. I wanted to, you know, because I, I do feel like I am living my best life. But then when I realized I was saying it, I was like, I don't have to prove that to anybody. And mm. I know I'm living this awesome yeah. life. I don't have to prove it to the world. I say it a hundred times. <laughs> I gave up that hashtag real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Stephanie, I just love what you're doing. Um, and for those that aren't um, necessarily children's book authors, but you've gone through this journey and this process of bringing to life and putting out in the world a very wonderful creative four titles, which is brave four times, right? What can you leave for those listeners um, that are maybe thinking about doing something, they don't know where to go, or they're scared? You know, what what would you tell them? Right. So I would say that you're, if, if they're writing a children's book, especially, um, it's it seems easier than it is. So just, it's good to prepare yourself that there's a lot of nuances, a lot of steps, you know, and that's the thing too. It's not hard. It's just a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. And there's so many steps that sometimes people are just like, whoa, like I'm just going to quit right here because I wasn't anticipating this huge staircase to get to my goal. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important just to trust the process, know that there's, you're going to make mistakes and know that there's going to be moments where you just don't want even want to do it. And that's where it's really important that the book that you intend to put out there, you really believe in it because yeah. your belief in this book and this message is going to get you through all of that crud yes. <laughs> between here and there and there's going to be some crud and I just think it's just it's just a brave thing to do anyone I always say you know no one's going to write your book for you mm-hmm. and that also usually helps people kind of get over that thing where it's like oh yeah you know like no one has your mind no one has your experiences and your outlook and your your perspective on life so if you have a message you want to get it out there just 
it's really, I mean, nowadays with Kindle Direct Publishing, that's where I publish my books. You know, you just upload your document and it's available. Like, and you don't have to buy, you know, 10,000 hardcover copies and invest all this money and have boxes of books in your house. Thank like, goodness. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like, there's not a lot of, you know, upfront finance involved too, which is really nice. So people don't have to have all this money saved up in order to, so you can just do it really. Um, and also just to be open to waiting for the right things to appear as they come. You know, I, I'm usually pretty strict on my timelines and I want this to happen now. And it's like, you know, I just got to breathe. Yeah. Got to wait. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, Phyllis Howard, my beautiful illustrator, your beautiful one is the perfect example of that. It took me a year of people saying no and she came around and I was like, that's why everyone else said no, so that she could show up. And it's just so perfect. So, I mean, this book is my legacy. And if I do nothing else, at least I, I did this, you know? Yes. And yeah. it's really important. And I, and I just want to say, too, that what you're doing is important. And regardless of how many, I don't know if you have like a total count <laughs> per episode or whatever, if you track that stuff, but it's important. I do, but I don't look at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I long gave up number games. Till- Good. <laughs> yes. Because people who are listening are listening because you have something worthy of being heard and you're inspiring and creative and you're using your skills in a way that is new for you. And I think it's very brave and I congratulate you on, on the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. I so need that because, you know, you get to... Um, burnout with anything, you mm-hmm. know, and this will be when I get you out. I think we're going to be any close to a hundred and well over a hundred episodes. And, um, and you know what? We uh, people don't know this about podcasts or, or authors that a lot of times we we feel like we're giving our craft out into the void. Yeah, you don't really ever know who's picked up that book, or you don't ever really know who has listened to that episode. So my tip for everybody that's going to go off of what Stephanie said, if you enjoyed something from an author or from a podcaster, just email them and make their whole day. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. (laughs) You don't even know how much we love to know (laughs) we're not putting stuff out in the void. (laughs) Yes, that is so important. What a great piece of advice you just put out there. Yes, it's just... Oh, if if just one person emailed me and said, "Oh, I got your book," blah blah blah, I'd be like, "Oh, you did?" Because yeah, they don't I know realize. It's, but it's amazing, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, I I even practice that on advice for myself. This summer, um, we went. My husband and I took a trip to Yellowstone, and I did my research like a good librarian, and <laughs> um, and I found this really awesome couple on YouTube, and they they did a whole YouTube channel to prepare yourself and your family for long trips vacationing in Yellowstone. They also do all the other national parks. And he he's a historian, a history teacher. He did an audio guide and a paper guide. And I bought all of it, right? Because I'm like, I want this when we're in Yellowstone. Yeah. Amazing experience. We popped in the audio guide as we're driving through Yellowstone. I felt like I was Disneyland. I was like, <laughs> oh, so great. So when I got home, I sent them a picture um, of us at one of our favorite places and thanked them and told them how much I appreciated all the hard work that they had done. Wow. And um, he was really grateful for the reply. And he replied back to me. But cool story too about this guy's is that he has just now left his full-time teaching career to work on the business of doing these guides for families. And I I applauded him. I emailed him as soon as I heard that. I'm so excited you did that because that's inspiration yeah. to any of us that want to 
do a business that is around our passions. And he got to do that. He got to leave his teaching job to do his passion of helping people um, in the United States and how to guide those. So long story short, you know, I practice what I preach. <laughs> yes, yes. You just never know how much your encouraging words is going to um, help that person, that creator, that writer, that author at that very moment when they're about ready to give up. Um, so, so true. So, and Stephanie, you've been one of those people because you found me. <laughs> and, and then we had to go through this whole redo it again, but it's fun the second time around. <laughs> so, so Stephanie, you have a website. I will make sure that is on the show notes um, because I want everybody that listens to this episode to definitely go. Uh, you guys, I just, you know, I don't really, I try not to show favorites because we're not supposed to, but um, I love Stephanie's books. I think they're beautiful and um, the messaging is wonderful. So definitely go on there. Make sure you email her and tell her you heard her on this podcast. Yay. That would be a, so much fun. And um, Stephanie, is any last parting words you want to share with our listeners about you, your books, or what's coming up for you in the future here? Oh, yeah. So just um, before I forget, so for The Greatest Treasure and Your Beautiful Win, a portion of sales um, oh, I forgot from that. those books goes to um, Bridget Collins Family Support Center here in Bellingham. And for The Greatest Treasure, it goes to either an ocean conservation um, charity or animals as natural therapy. I kind of go back and forth here. So I think it's important to have you know, just even if it's, you know, just a quarter per book, 50 cent, whatever, just a little piece that just goes to something else. It, it just kind of makes it feel even more valuable in the world, you know, that, and people love that too, but it's a, it's a win-win. And I've been doing a buy one, give one when I go to the markets. And oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So for every copy of one of my books that's sold, um, a copy of your beautiful one gets donated to Bridget Collins. And so, and it's wonderful because it just keeps on going. And, and I got to bring the stack of books to Bridget Collins to donate to the kids there. Um, this is an organization that supports children who have suffered violence, neglect, and sexual abuse. So I just felt if anyone should know that they're beautiful based on who they are, not what they look like or what they've been through, it's those kids. So great. I got yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's just, you know, once I thought of that, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what these books are here for. Like, this is it. Like I wasn't, yeah. I didn't write these books so I could sit back and watch the money roll in though. That'd be oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So I love that you're keeping right. back and that you're giving back to those specific charities. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. So another reason people go on our website and buy the books so extra copies can go to um, that organization. That's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful cause. <laughs> Thank you so much. See that. Well, Stephanie, I I love talking with you. Thank you for doing this again with me. Um, I would love to have you back after you write your next book. Let's bring it on. Maybe we'll do a video this time so you can actually read and show the book while you're reading it. Um, so listeners, we're not going to have Stephanie read any of the books because they're shorter. They're picture books. Um, but if you're interested in that part, let me know and I'll make sure she can come on my YouTube channel soon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I'll but I might have to lighting. Like, yeah, I might have to fix my makeup for that one. <laughs> exactly. It's totally different when you know no one's gonna see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here we are going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, Stephanie, it's been a beautiful time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Make sure you jump on the show notes and find the author 
buy their books, write a review. And most importantly, you can find out more about me and my projects at one of my two websites, www.squishpin.com or theauthorslibrarian.com. And until next time, this is Vicki J. Carter, The Author's Librarian, signing off.